Shut up and sit down. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 family. Follow us on Twitter at CheatersNVRPIN. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaters Never Pin. I'm JC. Here next to me at the commentary booth, as always, my good buddy, my close personal friend, Tom. Good to be here as usual, and good good to hear your voice, good to be in your presence, Mr. JC. Well, if you wanted to hear my voice, you could have just listened to Cheaters Never Win. Nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> well, welcome to the show tonight, this morning, whatever time you're listening to us. Uh, we're glad you found us, and we're glad you're here. Uh, whether that's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, SoundCloud, YouTube or wherever finer podcasts are sold. Yeah, there, there's there's so many different ways to listen to us. I mean, you could probably go to JC's place if you want to listen to it live as we were recording, but... That is true. Maybe, you could sit here we'll, in the studio. But, the, you know... The Section 328 West headquarters, I believe. Yeah. That's, the, that's what the sign on the door says. I don't think there's any tolls or anything, so... No, not at all. Well, we got a good show for you tonight. We're going to get you ready for No Mercy, and then we're going to do a match exchange. Easy show tonight, Tom. I like easy. Easy works for me. <laughs> so, uh, we just, we just going to dive on in, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, it's... Let's do it. If we, we could do a lot of fluff around it or whatever, but you know, we, we, we've got some stuff to talk about and it's kind of late as we're doing this. So it's true. Wanna you, you didn't almost get, get thrown out of a softball game this week. So don't have story time. Right. <laughs> well, in case you were curious, Thursday's game, um, <laughs> we won. Hey, and uh, Tuesday's game was actually a great comeback game where we came back. So we won both games this week. And the season's over, so there's no more softball, no more softball stories to share. Oh, until next year. Yeah. When season two of Cheaters Never Pin will be going strong. Good Lord, willing in the creek don't rise. Tom, we've been doing this since January. That just oh, seems unfathomable to me. I know, right? Wow, and it's almost October. Jeez. Good times. Well, on the road to the season two is No Mercy, emanating this coming Sunday, uh, tomorrow, from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, a raw brand pay-per-view. Before we dig down deep uh, into the card and give our predictions and our thoughts on the build and everything, uh, Tom, what are your overall thoughts on the card? It, 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 I think you can split it halfway. Like the back end of the card, you know, the main event and uh, the the stronger matches near the 
I would assume end. I don't know. They they tend to spread matches out differently nowadays. But like the good matches are very good, but the other half of the card is relatively weak. I think. Uh, so. I mean, a card could be carried by one or two good matches. So we've we've got a handful in there, and I think it, it I think overall it looks to be a good card. Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. Um, I did learn t- today. I think it was today. Maybe it was yesterday. Uh, apparently, Vegas books now put odds in the amount of stars Meltzer is gonna give a match. So if the Vegas book is to be believed, uh, this is gonna be maybe the greatest pay per view of the year. <laughs> So, like, you got to figure Meltzer's got to get in on the action somehow, too, don't you? I mean, I would I would hope Big Dave's that smart, right? I mean, that, that can't be true Vegas odds. It's got to be some weird, like, British or, like, Isle of Tonga kind of uh, Yeah, I'm not. Bookmaker. Right. Vegas cares not, especially for something like professional wrestling. I mean... When you, when you talk about like England and places like that, they'll they'll take bets on anything. So, are you? But did you just call the entire country of England degenerate gamblers? There is a industry that caters to those people <laughs> that is striving in the UK. That's true. If you've ever illegally watched a UFC pay per view like I do every time they're on. Uh, you you will see the stream of constant betting advertisements from the uh, weird UK stream I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> Live from the Section 328 West Headquarters. You, it's better you, than the weird you, Russian advertisements I would get when we were watching. Uh, what hockey tournament was that? Was it the World Juniors, maybe? I don't know. Probably. But yeah, it was like trying to find streams on that. And it was like these weird Russian sites and like you'd watch it for two, three minutes and a giant like pop up ad would just show up in the middle of like the feed (laughs) for some Russian thing. I don't know. Maybe it's. Yeah. I probably set the election process back another four years by watching hockey, but oh, well. Political hot takes now available Woo. at cheatersneverpin.com. So uh, let's go match by match. And let's start with the match that uh, was announced through a push notification to my phone on my lunch break at work today. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, you, you have another job outside of Cheaters Never Pin? Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot that this totally pays all of my bills and my rent. Totally. <laughs> I'm getting another floor added to my house just for the <laughs> proceeds I'm getting from the just from that fat hot. Patreon payments. Yeah, all those Amazon stuff people's buying. Y'all, y'all people buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. <laughs> Can you not buy houses on Amazon? I'm sh- maybe a tiny house. I don't know. Yeah, we'll one say- of those like shed-looking things that we'll say they that. do on like the A and E channel or whatever. Okay, we're going to have to save that for the ad read so I can look okay. it up at the same time. All right. <laughs> Apollo Crews uh, with the leader of Titus Worldwide, Titus O'Neil, will be taking on Elias on the pre-show. Now, okay. see, I could 
I could see Titus wanting to sign Elias because we've he's, already branched out into so many other branches of Titus worldwide with professional athletes and musicians and the actors and professional chefs and things like that. So this is very true. This is a big power play by Titus. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. So uh, Elias is totally going to win this match, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> Elias is getting the quality push right now. Um, and as much as I like Apollo and I don't know, at a different point in time, I mean, he's <laughs> Apollo Cruz is weird because like he's Ahmed Johnson, except he's actually fit and can do wrestling moves and speaks clearly. Right. Like all the negative things about Ahmed Johnson, who was pushed to the roof back in like the late nineties, like all the negatives about him, you can eliminate with Apollo, but Apollo's a opening match wrestler right now for WWE because because he doesn't really have any kind of gimmick going right now. He's a guy who's kind of just happy to be here and can do kind of cool flippy type moves, even though he's built like, you know, a 250 pound wrestler. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, even if he had a, a worthwhile gimmick right now, is there really a spot for him in the main event? No. Is there really a spot for him near the top? There's, Yeah. So, I mean, might as well just be doing this. It's exposure. Puts him on TV. Cool. Yeah, and he'll get he'll get his spots in. Yeah. And he'll look yeah. good in the process. He just won't get the win. Because no. Elias will find a way to cheat or something like that. Or What? No. Elias needs to go full Jeff Jarrett and just start bashing the guitar over people's heads. He says, and you flipped the freak out when he actually did it the one time to Finn Balor, so... Well, just do it to anyone but Finn. Right. Please don't hurt my baby. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> the Intercontinental Championship will be on the line when uh, The Miz defends against the son of Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan. Our... We're there in a couple in a couple months. We're finally gonna find out. Oh wait, it's not his son, right? Because this is not getting him over. It's not getting anybody over. We're gonna find out that Hornswoggle is his son. Oh my god! Please, please bring Hornswoggle back for that. That would make me so happy. That Hornswoggle is actually Jason Jordan's father. <laughs> the anonymous Raw GM is actually. <laughs> And by that I mean I mean the actual laptop, not Hornswoggle. <laughs> Just all all kinds of questions in that plot, but uh, whatever. It's, it's wrestling. But yeah, I mean, he, here's a thing where, again, you go two completely different directions. You have Jason Jordan, who is a fine wrestler for what he is and, you know, can work pretty well, but is the most vanilla of personalities. And the whole thing with angle is just not getting over and nobody's believing it. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, the silence when Jordan enters an arena is 
it's so sad. It's just no reaction. And I mean, Jordan's gone through this before. It's why it's taken what five years for Jordan to get to like the main roster because he was sitting in NXT with fine wrestling talent, but no ability to get over whatsoever. Right. Until the thing clicked with Chad Gable and American Alpha, which, by the way, I always hated that name. Hated American Alpha? I liked that name. I, I mean, they. I assume they needed a name for marketing reasons or whatever, but yeah, it just never worked for me, and I don't know. Alpha males, they're American wrestlers. Anyway. So they're so they're the American males. American, American males. males. American, American males. American males. When we do our first live podcast, that's totally our entrance music, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's remember that. Because we're not going to remember mm, that. Make a note. Okay. I'll put it on the whiteboard here in the office. <laughs> good job. Um also I feel really and it sounds really shitty of me to say this. I feel really bad Miz is stuck with this crap. It been, is. He has been on such a rise lately that then, like, he's lowered to the level of needing to be in this feud to try to get Jason Jordan over. The part of me thinks that this actually adds more to it because it adds more to his argument. Because the next promo he cuts is like, you know, you got to put John Cena and Roman Reigns in a match. You got to put Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, you know, has only been in here for like a year and a half or whatever. And he gets Brock Lesnar. I've been here for so long. I'm the Intercontinental Champion. And what do I do? I have to wrestle freaking Jason Jordan. You know, it just adds more onto it. Yeah. So I I could see it almost being this kind of dick over thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, congratulations on beating Jason Jordan. Your next, you know, like feud is going to be with. I don't know, like Enzo Amore or somebody at that like level, like, really, you're sticking me with him now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. Who's leaving with the strap, Tom? I really hope it's not Jason Jordan. Like, they realize that this push isn't working. Like, I could see them do it. I could see them doing the the Rocky Maivia and putting the belt on him for no reason, seeing if the belt will get him over. But. Yeah. Otherwise, it's. The Miz would eventually have to get it back from him, and that would make, what, his eighth reign? And it's getting kind of ridiculous. If Miz drops the belt anytime in the near future, he's not getting it back, I don't think, anytime soon. No. I honestly think the Miz will probably hold that belt until it's time for him to go when his kid's born. But I could, I, I totally feel like they're going to let Jason Jordan have this. The belt makes the man, goddammit. 
I don't know. I, I, I think they do keep at least their ear somewhat to the crowd and they realize that, I mean, it's it's not the negative heat that a Roman gets where you still have half the crowd actually cheering him. You have massive indifference. You have what I would I wouldn't even call X-Pac heat at this point because pe- there were people who liked X-Pac. Like, and X-Pac could work his ass off and actually, you know, with him in DX, it actually, you know, he was popular for a period of time. Mm-hmm. It's, nobody's saying, wow, let me buy some Jason Jordan merch. It's not happening. Does he even have merch? Is I don't it, think so. All right, hold on. This is something we got to check because that tells you how much faith they have in somebody. Because, I mean, they love loading people up with merch. Well, I mean, they had they had American Alpha merch, and they've still got a decent amount of uh, angle merch. So I searched Jason Jordan on WWEshop.com. Uh, zero things come up. If you search so, yeah. him, if you actually type it, start ty- typing in Jason Jordan into the search bar, uh, his picture doesn't even come up. It's just, did you meet Nia Jax? <laughs> Which is an entirely different point altogether. I would buy I would buy Nia Jax more as a competitor against Miz for the Intercontinental title than Jason Jordan. Absolutely. In fact, I would actually actively want to see that match. Yeah, now I want now now I want that to be a thing, Tom. Bro. Alright. Next up on the card is the Raw Women's Championship. Speaking which, of Nia Jax. Right. See, look at that. Uh, supposed to be a fatal four-way. It's now a, I think it's still a fatal five-way. Right? Yeah. It's not like a f- fearful five-way. But anyway. No, it's not, it's not a filleting five-way or. Wow. <laughs> uh, Alexa Bliss defends against Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, and oh yeah, Emma's there too. Uh. Bailey gets added to this match. Oh yeah, because she got cleared and just showed up. Because you can do that, and nobody knows how the hell to book the women. Yeah, well, they're they're in a a multi person match. That's how you book women. Duh. Have you not watched SmackDown? <laughs> because, according to professional wrestling. Women are extremely catty and hateful of each other. So whenever one gets something, all the other ones want it. So therefore, all the other ones have to be put together. Like, right? it's, I mean, with Raw and the way that the women are being booked right now, they cannot seem to have any kind of consistency with anything outside of the Sasha Bailey thing, which is, that lasted way longer than I expected it to. But I mean, like Alexa and yeah, you have Nia Jax who like one week is like a protector. And then the next week is turning and wanting a title match. And then the following week, Oh, she's the protector again. And then the following week after that, she's turning again. It's like, stop trusting her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Alexa, you're, you look real dumb. Stop. Stop looking so dumb. Um, not you, not lady in the Amazon device. Please stop talking to me. Um, <laughs> who's going to win this? 
Um, I think Alexa retains. See, that's my thought too. I could, I can't like, unless they give it to Bailey. It's either Bailey or Alexa, right? Yeah. Unless they decide to get real weird and put Emma over for no particular reason. Dude, when they had the brawl, to <laughs> she wasn't even out there. They have no faith in her, as sad as that is. Like, they have the entire brawl Monday night where everyone comes down and Bailey shows back up and Emma is completely missing. Well, I thought that was because Emma was still in Australia at the time. Maybe. That's a good point. They, they were there, so maybe she was still at home. Because yeah, they, they had made a point of her staying, saying that she was staying a little bit longer for... Uh, okay, yeah, I missed that. Though. I don't know if it was for promo reasons or she actually wanted to stay to be with family, that type of thing, but... Okay, I missed that. But they didn't even, like, mention her during that. Like, still, commentary didn't even bring her up while all that was going on, other than to say she wasn't there. I mean, it bring wasn't it up even... and say why she's not there. Yeah, it wasn't even like, and oh, so we've got these four, and then you've got the X factor of Emma. How does that factor in all? Like, we don't even go into that? We just totally skip over it. So she's absolutely not winning. But bro, what if she did? Bro. Vince. Vin Russo. Vinny. Uh, no. You'd have to hang her on a pole. Um, Neville will defend the Cruiserweight Championship against Enzo Amore. Yep. Have you seen Enzo's new shirt? No, I haven't. I still have this tab open, so let me take a look. Please describe it for the listeners at home. The Enzo shirt, and again, I'm going by memory. I'm not looking for it right now. <laughs> oh, I, okay, it, I see it. <laughs> I, I think it says on the front, cup of sauce. It says, I got the sauce. I got the sauce. <laughs> and then the back is just in big letters. And then on the back is like a can of what looks like Chef Boyardee. Yes. But it's Enzo. Mm -hmm. It's Enzo Amore, Muscles Marinara with Meatballs. Why? <laughs> you know, I look at some of the WWE shop t-shirts, and some of them I look at and go, wow, this is, you know, this is a really cool shirt. This is not one. And, and then I look at others, and I go, <laughs> you're just doing it on demand to see if somebody will actually purchase this thing. This, this is a rib. This is right. We can build, we can do anything and people will buy it. This is them. And I think, I feel like they're starting to get into this habit and I hate it. Letting marketing drive the character rather than the wrestler drive the character, which drives the marketing. Cause now he's going to be talking about his sauce all the time. Well, I think I think they needed to do. He's mentioned it before, but it's not been like a thing, and I feel like now it's going to be a thing. They needed something desperately to give him because all the gear that he had, all the merch they had, were Enzo and Cass. Right. 
And all that stuff is on super clearance for like $4.99 now. And like it or not, he still sells merch. Mm-hmm. Because he's, as of right now, still very popular. He still gets the pops and everything like that. So that's why, I mean, part of it was, part of me was shocked when they did the the cast turn because of all the merchandising that they basically gave away from that because cast isn't going to sell merchandise on his own. And I mean, at, at the time they had like, I think like five different Enzo and cast shirts, Mm -hmm. not including like the headband Enzo hair thing. And like the gold chains and, all the other various yeah you know dime store crap that they would put out and all that stuff went immediately into the clearance section because they broke up the team and now like i was listening to the most recent pod uh bruce pritchard podcast where they were talking about uh jeff jarrett and how much heat Jarrett got when he came back to the WWF the third time, the <laughs> second time, I don't know. Yeah. Where basically he, yeah, I guess it's the second time because he went to WC, he was in WWF, went to WCW, and then came back to WWF again in like 98 or whatever. Right. When he started teaming with Owen and doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, had Deborah and all that. And when he first came, he cut this huge, like, shoot promo about all the crap that he was tired of and how he was tired of WCW and he was pissed at the way he was treated by WWF. And he talked about Austin 316 and how that offended him uh, because it was blasphemous and he was, you know, as a Christian, he couldn't believe that they're making money off of insulting the Bible like that and just kind of ripped on that. And apparently he goes in the back and Austin wanted to beat the shit out of him mm-hmm. because you don't fuck with someone's merch. Like that's the cash cow. And Austin makes money off those shirts and WWF makes money off those shirts. And those were by far the number one selling shirt in the entire, in all of wrestling pretty much. Yep. And you just put the thought into a decent amount of people's heads that, you know, when you buy that shirt, you're kind of insulting God in the Bible. And it's like, oh, I never really thought about that. And, you know, the moment you think that even if you take like one out of every 10 people that were going to buy that shirt and make them reconsider, that's, 10%. you know, 10% that's... of the T-shirts that you were going to sell that aren't going to sell anymore. That's money out of your pocket. Yep. So merch matters. I mean, and that's why guys like Enzo are still going to consistently put out there into this position because mm-hmm. they're going to say their catchphrases. 
you're going to do what they need to do and it gets them over. I mean, do you think with all the shit that's going on behind the scenes and what they've dealt with, with Enzo in the last like nine months that Enzo would still be working for this company if he wasn't selling a shitload of merch exactly. and getting pops the moment he walks out the door. Yep. If he wasn't making Vince money, he wouldn't be there. He'd be Adam Rose. Exactly. How you how you doing? Yo, hey, welcome to Moe's. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, who is leaving with the Cruiserweight Championship, Tom? Oh, God. I mean, it's, it's got to be Neville. Right? 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 I want to have faith in the world and say that it's Neville. And I think that made, it is Neville. You made Enzo look like a complete joke of a contender uh, when Strowman fucking murdered him for no reason Monday night. <laughs> Which I couldn't stop laughing at. Yeah, I mean, I think Neville has to take it because, I mean, Enzo's got the pop. Enzo, Enzo doesn't need the belt either. No. So he, he's going to go in there and it, it's not like he's been dominant. He just manages to get wins at this point, the way that he's been being pushed there. Right. So I think on a one-on-one case, I think he's Neville's going to retain. Yeah. Let's pray. Let us pray. That is the case. Um, all right. Let me pull the card back up. I'm just staring at the t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt in a, Paint off your face match, I guess. Because <laughs> Finn will be out there as as a as a man, not as the demon. In a business casual match. <laughs> um, I feel like they got to give Bray his win back, as much as yep. that make like, because this is WWE. But it is also Bray Wyatt at pay-per-views. <laughs> okay. So here's the reason I think Bray winning actually works for me. Okay. Um, I mean, yes, Bray gets his win back. But I think, I mean, we saw with the last pay-per-view that Demon Finn Balor beat the shit out of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt couldn't do a damn thing. Right. And it was a glorified squash. Right. So now you have Bray Wyatt face regular Finn Balor. And Bray Wyatt can do what he wants to and do his little trickery or whatever. And he wins the match. So it just goes to show you and certain other friends of ours that go, well, what's the difference between Demon Finn Balor and regular Finn Balor except some paint? Like, no, no, this is the difference that regular Finn Balor is going to have a little bit of trouble with Bray Wyatt. But if you bring the demon out, there ain't no stopping him. Right. So it, it gets over demon Finn Balor. Yeah. And I should, should Finn Balor beat Bray Wyatt normally? Yeah. But I mean. Then again, remember, too, that it hasn't been that long that Bray Wyatt was the fucking champion of SmackDown. Yep. 
So right, Bray, Wyatt Bray Wyatt beating Bray Wyatt was, Bray Wyatt was WWE champion almost a year ago. So Bray beating Finn, it wouldn't be a horrible thing. I know it would be a horrible thing for you, but it wouldn't be a horrible thing in general, especially if I I would in the right in the right even as much of a mark as I am for Finn. Like if they're building two characters in the process of doing that to further tell greater stories in the future, I'm I'm fine with that as a fan. Like yeah, at the time I'd be like, God damn it! But like, if there's reasoning and it's not just some stupid fuck finish bullshit like they do, like I'm I'm good with it. Like make if you're gonna do something like that, make them both look strong. Like have a reason for it. Right. If you're going to make it 50-50 and then come Monday, they're both going in different directions again. Like, what was the point? Yeah. The only reason you want to go 50-50 here is to keep it going. Yep. But I imagine they end it because then we got to start getting ready for Survivor Series. And you would imagine Finn is on Team Raw for Survivor Series, right? I would think so, but I don't know. Maybe assuming there is a tr- a, a Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series match, which I would assume that I would hope so. But... Yeah, that was awesome last year. Yeah, the Undertaker came back <laughs> and said SmackDown's my home, and then he never was on SmackDown again. <laughs> oh boy. Uh the the shield defends their tag team titles against Cesaro and Shamus. Uh call them by their proper name. The Shield the versus bar. the Bar. Yes. Sideways uh, thumbs. I would assume the Shield retains because there's no reason to take the belts off of them. No. Um they I mean, they're the wacky tag team, but it, right now this is what's getting them over. And as, as much as it kind of sucks to think that Dean Bone, I mean, two guys like Ambrose and Rollins weren't getting over and they were getting over a little bit in their own. They were kind of going in circles and there was nothing for them. Mm-hmm. This works fine. Yeah, it's it's the same thing I said about Apollo Crews earlier. Like, there's no other place for them right now. Like, the top of the card is logged in with Strowman and Roman and Lesnar, like, and Cena, who's on Raw now. So, you know, still make give them some importance with the belts, because at least with them holding the belts, they still feel important. And the thing is, too, with the belts, it keeps them together. They lose the belts. There's no necessary, There's no reason, particularly for Ambrose and Rollins, to tag or be together for any reason. Right. And you want to keep the two of them together because that leaves the glimmer of hope in people that Roman's going to come around and the Shield actually is going to be back. Oh God, that'd be great, Dom. How awesome would that be? Still want it. I want it every day. Um, you know what else I want? What's that, Jason? A book about tiny houses from Amazon.com. Since I can't buy a house, I want to know how to build one. And I'm looking at the tiny house design and construction guide. It's twenty five oh one paperback. Oh, free with or with uh, Prime shipping. Ooh, Amazon Prime. That's a good investment. Yeah. 
I think I'm gonna go ahead. And just, I... I think I'm gonna go ahead and click this link and buy it here. Well, how did you get to Amazon? Did you just type Amazon.com into your browser, or is there a different way to do it? Well, of course I did. Like, how else would I get to Amazon.com? Well, I think if 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 it were me personally, I would go to CheatersNeverPin.com and. While I'm browsing the quality content that gets put onto cheatersneverpin.com, like these particular uh, podcasts and on rare occasions, actual articles that we might write here and there, there's also a link to amazon.com. And what you can do is you can click on that link to amazon.com and it brings you to amazon.com. No additional uh, typing necessary. Oh, okay. Just to bring you to the Amazon.com webpage. And that Amazon.com webpage looks exactly the same as it would if you typed Amazon.com. Oh, it does. What it does is allows us here at Cheaters Never Pin, when you purchase something by going to the Amazon.com website that way, it when you purchase something, a tiny little portion of that sale goes to cheatersneverpin.com. So it allows us to put a few shekels in the bank so that we can pay hosting costs and maybe buy another microphone so that we can do this in the same room one day and do all kinds of fun stuff like that. And on your side as the purchaser it doesn't cost you an extra cent that that extra money that is coming to us doesn't come out of your pocket you're paying the same amount of money you would as if you went straight to amazon.com but you know what you're doing you're throwing us a little bone here you're you're saying hey i'll do this one little extra step just so you can get a few cents and for that we appreciate it and we thank you that was good teamwork on that ad read, Tom. Yeah. Put, we put that on the T and fucking smacked it out of the park. I was unprepared for an ad read, but. I know. That worked really well. Yeah. That was, that was good. We're good as a it's, team. It's the ones you don't prepare for that actually kind of roll a little bit. It's the yeah. ones that you think about and it just gets awkward. That's why we've stopped. I don't know if you all know this at home because you probably don't because you don't have access to my notes in iCloud I don't do show prep anymore <laughs> and I think show quality has improved greatly over the last three weeks yeah I mean it's uh, when we're running down sheets and I mean I I will pull back the curtain here a little bit I don't do shit for this podcast <laughs> yes you do I call up jc on the skype and i go is it time to do the podcast he goes time to do the podcast and jc goes and he does the recording and he does the editing and he uploads it to the seven hundred thousand little areas that carry our podcast that you can listen to it on all i do is talk and jc would go and he would produce these show rundown notes type things and i would he would send them a couple hours before the show would run and i'd go and i'd take a look at him go yeah it's pretty cool and i mean back in the days when we do the 10 count he'd bust his ass to find all these little like news clips and things like that and every once in a while he'd be like i've got nine find one for me tom do something 
and I'd and I'd find one thing, and I'd be like, hey, "Here's this Mexican wrestler who died. Is that is that good?" And he'd be like, "Yes." And we'd get all excited because well, somebody I'd died. Have, then I'd be doing more research because, like, who the fuck is this? And sometimes I'd just make up a name because it sounded Mexican. <laughs> I mean, how much do you know about guys that wrestled in Mexico in the 60s? Nothing. So we can bullshit this all day long. Yeah. But we don't do the 10 count anymore because our podcast got way too long and y'all weren't listening that long anyway. And to be quite honest, we weren't either. But, <laughs> but it allows us to put to not only put together a podcast which maybe you can kind of stomach in like one full commute both to work and back home but it allows us to i mean we're having more fun doing it it's not taking us forever to do it and when we have fun doing it i think it's more fun to listen to it becomes less work and it becomes more enjoyable more of an enjoyable experience and we want you guys to have fun when you're listening to it as well so heck yeah if we're having fun we think you're having fun if you're not having fun we'll screw you you know what uh i've been having a lot of fun with lately what's that john cena versus roman reigns okay holy shit i'm so excited for this this is i'm so excited for this match tell you three months ago that statement what would three months ago you have said if you had said that to him so we didn't know they were going to let them let loose like this though or quote unquote let loose that there was going to be this work shoot thing around it right so even when they even when it looked like this was going to be a thing before we got to that point i thought it was going to be shitty like oh okay cool face versus face we're gonna pass the torch awesome now i want these two to beat the shit out of each other because they hate each other in kayfabe remember uh fans out there in podcast land it's always a work yeah it's always a work even when it's a shoot and you're going oh man he really meant that because it's true yeah it's true but it's a work anyway yep because Vince has allowed it to be on TV. So, you know. When The Miz grabs the mic and proceeds to start shooting left and right, they've already gone over it beforehand. And Miz has said, these are things that I'm going to say. And Vince and whoever's doing booking there, I don't know, are going over it. And the writers are going over it. They're going, okay, okay, that's good. And then he goes and he does it. It may not be word for word. He may not be writing it down a script and then, but yeah, it's, it's, he's not going out there ripping a new asshole and then going back in the dressing room and everybody goes, Oh shit. I didn't know you were going to say that. Yeah. He's, no, they, he's not saying a bunch of shitty stuff about uh Kurt angle. Just, just to do it. No, the stuff is all kind of, gone be- gone beforehand and gone gone over with and Roman knows that Cena's going to mention things and Cena knows that Roman's is going to mention things and it's it's good business for both of them yeah. they realize you know they're making each other feelings money. get 
Felix can get hurt, but and and that's what that's what causes shoots, I guess, necessarily to happen. Because when somebody turns around and shoots on somebody else, says the comments or whatever, and it's not to build a match, it's not to do anything, it's to turn around and say something. Maybe it's about somebody when they would do these things, when they would talk about like when we had the WWF, WCW, Monday Night Wars or whatever, and somebody would decide to say stuff in WWF, they decide to say something about WCW and it's like, oh, they're shooting on them. Well, yeah, they're shooting on them because it's not helping their business any. It's not selling a match. It's it may be selling the TV show a little bit, and that's where that may have been encouraged a little bit because if they go, oh, well, you know, they're actually talking shit about the competition. I want to watch this because this is not something they would normally do. Yeah, but if somebody's saying some some kind of comment towards somebody else and nothing comes out of that, like if The Miz starts talking about Finn Balor for some reason – and they're not in a feud and no feud comes out of it, then it's a fucked up shoot because it's just somebody saying something and not making any money off of it. Mm -hmm. If Miz turns around and starts saying stuff about Finn Balor, that seems like say a quote unquote shoot and Balor gets pissed off and he starts saying something back and then they end up meeting at the next pay-per-view it's all planned because they built that pay-per-view and it makes you want to see it. Three months ago, we would have looked at Roman Reigns and John Cena and been like, why the fuck do we have to watch this? Like it would have been a fine match, but at the same time, like if we heard that they were doing promos back and forth, it'd be like, Oh God. Mm -hmm. It'd be a giant Cena sucks. So does Reigns, you know, back and forth. Just, the crowd getting over more uh, over themselves than the two guys were. Right. And that didn't happen because nope. they let them kind of go in a different direction than they normally would. And it's been entertaining, but it's the same type of stuff that they've done with Miz. And it's, it's what it's starting to creep into a lot of the booking now. And it's worked with some people. It's worked with Miz. It's worked with these two. Uh, working less so with somebody like Dolph Ziggler. But it's it's a different direction that they're going in. And, well, I don't know. It's going to work with some people and it's not going to work with others. Right. Yeah. I. It's been fun. I'm excited for it. I think a lot of the... <sighs> What was I, how was I going to phrase this? It's not crazy shoot because I think Cena learned a lot about not saying shit like that out loud like he did when he was feuding The Rock, which he later apologized for and regretted that were actual hurtful shoot comments. Um, and he's obviously a much older, wiser, more mature performer than he was six years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was at this point. All right. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be a great match. Neither of these guys have had a bad match on pay-per-view in forever, except for Cena in the flag match. And that's not his fault because it was a flag match. Yeah, it's a gimmick match. And it's going to entertain the hell out of me because 
you're going to have people that swear up and down that, oh, I don't want to see this match because they hate Cena for the reasons that they've forgotten by now. And they hate Reigns for the other reasons that they've forgotten by now. And it's going to pain them so greatly when they put together what could potentially be like a four and a quarter star match. Oh, for sure. Here, here's exactly what's going to happen. We're in LA, so we're in front of, you know, this is not Corpus Christi, Texas. These are smarter fans, right? Or smarkier fans is how I should put it. Everybody's smart these days. Um, they're both going to come out to a chorus of booze. The match is going to start. There's going to be nothing but booze. Then they're going to start working, and everyone's going to be like, this match is really good. These two are good wrestlers. And then it's going to be cheers. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to get the near fall. I mean, and the thing is, too, it's not it's not them getting pissed off at rain because the main reason people are pissed off at Reigns is because of his Superman push and that type of thing. Like it's the same reason people are used to get pissed off at Cena. Yeah. The same so, shit all over again. So when it happens to one of them, it's going to be at the expense of the other. So while you're sitting there going, oh, crap, he's going to win. You're like, but the other one is going to lose as a result. It's, it's going to balance itself out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am looking forward to the match because, again, I think it's like you said, it's going to be it's going to be a strong match and it's going to be probably. Yeah, I'll say it. It'll be the best. It will probably be the best match on the card. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Who's going to win? This is a tough Roman. one. Yeah. Man, uh, if if I, mean. I had to throw five bucks down, I'd say Roman. Yeah. I, I agree. I think this is the passing of the torch. Which and it kind of sucks that we're doing this at fucking no mercy and not at a pay per view that actually like means something. But it'll mean as long as the match is good and the story has been good, it will mean something. So that's really what matters the most. But I'd rather them do it in front of more eyes than this. Well, I'd kind of want them to. I don't want it to necessarily be the last match between the two of them. I want them to have a decent match and. This could I, be this could be the start of something building to Mania. Yeah. Which would be awesome. Especially if they have a good match here. If they have a very good match here and the idea is, yeah, we're going to put the strap on Roman at some point. And what's going to happen is then Cena is going to challenge him and that's going to be the build to will Cena break uh, Flair's record or is Roman going to continue to make this the Roman Empire? And if you have concluded at Mania, because you have this, then you have a match at, I guess, TLC is Raw's this year. Yeah. There's the Rumble. Like, heck yeah. I'm I'm down for this. I mean, you could almost have Cena in kind of the 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 baby face of the of the two just in that like 
he can't beat Reigns for whatever reason. Like, say Reigns goes over him this time. They have a good match. Reigns beats him this time. So then at TLC, they fight again for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And Reigns wins again. And then, say, Reigns wins the title at the Rumble. Right. And Cena potentially wins the Rumble. So you build that match, but it's like Cena doesn't have Reigns' number. So, But then you have that build going, okay, well, Cena's got a shot to win this... You know, the 17th title reign, which would put him again over Flair. And maybe Cena's like, well, you know, I'm going to try to get it again. Roman gets pissed off and was like, I'm tired of beating you. It's getting boring. Cena maybe puts up his career against the title. You know, you build it up like that. It's yeah, it it could be huge potentially, but yeah. I think there's a lot of good there's a lot of good potential here. Yeah. Um then we got the main event. Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman for that universal strap, yo. Oh, car crashes are fun. Um this match is also going to be great in a totally different way than the Cena Roman match is going to be like an incredibly well worked match. Uh this is just gonna be two men beating the shit out of each other and it's going to be great again this is going to be the closest thing to a little literal car crash that you can see between two human beings yep because i mean there's not going to be that much in in the ways of like i think back to I can remember watching recently some All Japan with uh, Steve Williams taking on Kenta Kabashi and Steve Williams pretty much using a backdrop driver to drop Kabashi on his head on a regular basis, like literally on his head, not on his neck, not on his shoulders where it'd be safe. No, just drop him straight on his fucking head. But at least those are wrestling moves. These guys are going to throw each other and yeah, you, you'll get the, the release Germans and things like that. But I mean, there's just going to be a shitload of throwing each other and pounding and throwing and pounding. And it's, it's going to be stiff as hell. Yep. And it's going to be fun. It, it's, it's, that's the type of match that, <sighs> Again, it's it's not it's not work rate necessarily. It's not near falls and things like that. I mean, you're still going to have near falls because they're going to damn near kill each other, and somebody's going to be thrown off of something, and you'll get a two and nine tenths count. Mm-hmm. But again, you're not going to have small packages and submission holds and things. It's just going to be clubbering as <laughs> dusty would say it just gonna be a whole lot of clubbering yep take him to the woodshed is lesnar if you will <laughs> is lesnar finally going to lose his belt here no no i want to think it's going to happen here but i tend to also think no 
because I don't see Strowman with the strap. That's the only reason why. If there were no belt involved here, I see Strowman winning the match. But I don't see Strowman with the title. See, I could see... Yeah. I could see a schmoz here and a no contest for whatever reason where they both practically kill each other. Which would suck in the sense that like you're ending a pay-per-view with a non-finish but if it's that amazing where like you have some huge spot where both of them i don't know fall off a stage or you know something like that or both of them get run over by a freaking ambulance driven by roman reigns or whatever the case may be that would be amazing just out of nowhere. Yeah. Roman just crashes with a tractor trailer. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I could I could see that potentially happening. It's times like this, I wish Money in the Bank were still around. Yep. Because that would be a great way to get the title off of Lesnar. Because you have him battle can... with... Braun and the two of them practically kill each other then all of a sudden a guy like ideally it would have been a guy like Seth Rollins would run out with the money in the bank because he's a slimy little bastard and cash it in and be able to take the title away without Lesnar being weak necessarily and without having to put the title on Strowman, who, I don't know, maybe they will put the title on him. I don't think they will, or at least not right now. But Yeah, I, I mean, I that's my thing. I don't think the time is right. But someday he will absolutely have that belt. I mean, the way they're pushing Braun right now, now reminds me of the initial push for The Undertaker, where he pretty much murdered everyone and no sold everything. It was just this unstoppable monster to the point where even Hogan couldn't necessarily stop him, but he wasn't putting the title on him, just kind of put them into a hole. So yeah, they started screwing around with like referees and technicalities and things like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I think Lesnar retains, but, through some kind of tomfoolery that keeps both of them strong. Yep. I agree. Cool. Well, that's no mercy. You know what else we got tonight? Uh, let me brace myself and go, what? Magic change. Time for a magic change. Um, Tom, what did you watch? Because I honestly don't remember. <laughs> uh, you gave me a oh, I remember. Okay, PWG no. match uh, between Prince Devitt and Ricochet. I believe, I believe it's that's the I believe it's Japanese Ricochet. way of saying it. <laughs> Ricochet. Um. So I looked real hard 
And I found one that had about seven minutes worth of clips. But I didn't find a full match necessarily. Because the the full one was uh, Rev Pro, I think. Anyway, you you get the idea. Yeah, it was one of those. And I mean, it's... It's just fun as hell. I mean, Devitt, obviously, or, you know, Finn Balor, whatever you want to call him, um, Fergal. I like to call him Fergal. Um, Such a great name. Is just the health worker that he is and then just works so well with Ricochet. And Ricochet is just, I mean, he's someone that I think you have to kind of go at. If, if, you, if you've not watched like Japanese wrestling necessarily if you're not a Japanese wrestling fan and you haven't watched Lucha Underground uh, because you actually like well-lit matches um, just go watch Ricochet I mean he's not he's kind of that happy medium where he's not a boring wrestler like uh, you know yes he can do mat work but He's also a high flyer and kind of just does all the strikes and everything like that and just kind of has that full package. But he's not a Will Ospreay where he's kind of a, you know, just flip flop everything. He's he's not a cat. He's kind of got that whole little bit of everything. He's more like um, I, I liken him more, I guess, like to would Jericho be a good like early Jericho? Yeah. Where I could, he, I he could, could see that comparison. Like where he could do the mat work, but he also did the high flying, but he wasn't necessarily reliant on the high flying. I I don't know. It's just hard for me to find comparisons, but yeah, just seek him out. And uh keep your fingers crossed that maybe by Next year, he'll be in WWE. Well, there is about a month left in Lucha Underground. I believe this is the end of Prince Puma. uh, Because it's a career versus title match between him and Johnny Impact. Johnny Mundo. Johnny GWF, Johnny... Johnny Anthem, Johnny Alman. Of course, it's, it's not it's not uh, GFW anymore. Right. So, yeah. So we could see Ricochet down at the Performance Center soon. And then if they could bring in his uh, girlfriend, too, that would be great. Yeah. And then you have those two just be a faction and murder everyone, and it would be amazing. His uh, Ricochet, uh, his girlfriend is Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> it just occurred to me everyone may not know what I'm talking about. I I I thought so. I for whatever reason I get. I mean, not physically appearance wise, but mentally I get her and um, uh, Ellering's kid mixed up. Rachel, yeah, yeah. Also, they've wrestled I guess each other because, three million times. Yeah, and I guess you know it's a second generation thing, and Tessa's third, my friend. Oh yeah. Um, I watched Taz versus Chris Candido. 
from ECW. Cyberslam 99. Yeah. The Internet Fan Convention. Candido uh, had issues with the Internet fans who had been talking about, about him, so he made his return to the ECW arena, uh, accompanied by Tammy Stitch, who uh, clearly is beginning her downward spiral at this time. Yeah. <laughs> but she was fun to look at around that time. I was like, you're still fun to look at, but uh you're it's not as not as fun as it was. <laughs> but anyway. Uh Taz decides we're gonna make this uh or Candido actually says we're gonna make this, you know, ECW rules if we're gonna do this for the title. So the match goes throughout the arena, throwing people over the barricade, including one spot, which I was alerted to, which I need to screen grab and put on the website, obviously, uh, of a very young Mr. Workrate, Tom Edwards, uh, really, really happy that I think at this point Taz was working over Candido. Yeah, uh, Taz actually backdrops Candido onto the bleachers, oh, back yeah, right, back right. down the bleachers. Yep. Uh, our our young Mr. Workrate, uh, suffice it to say, uh, marking out. Holding a portable, a like, Fuji one film of those dis- disposable camera. Disposable <laughs> camera, yep. Yeah, you were. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good ECW match. Even with the ECW rules, it wasn't as crazy. Well, I I didn't even touch the ending of the match. Uh, Candido goes to get do the stretcher job uh, after having a quote-unquote neck injury, which had been re-injured during this. Uh, Taz ends up ripping him off the stretcher and throwing him back in the ring. And then you can barely hear the promo he cuts after it. Or the Taz cuts, but uh, yeah, good, good little match. You know, for ECW, you think a lot of crazy hardcore stuff. This was just a brawl, unless kind of ECW, quote unquote. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was cool. It was. It's fun to watch. Anything from ECW arenas is interesting to watch at all times. That place was truly a different world. And to kind to kind of give you a little bit of backstory into that too, uh, the bleachers that we were in, and you, I touched upon this in the ECW episode that we did. Uh, when you get into the bleachers, you're you're kind of cramped in there, and you don't move. You're just kind of in your spot. So they do this spot into the crowd where they start working their way up the bleachers for God knows why. And we don't really have anywhere to move necessarily. So people are kind of moving over to the left a little bit because they're pretty much at the edge of the bleachers as they're going up. So people can't like people part a little bit. Like there's like maybe like one or two people to the right that can kind of get as close as they can to the edge there and then the people to the left kind of can part a little bit but they keep going back and going back and going back and i'm trying to find a place to move and you can only move so much so we got back i ended up moving back like about a row or two and candido candido's 
back is coming like Taz is fighting him up. Candido keeps going back up the, the bleachers. So he keeps going back and back and I can't move. Candido literally backs into me. Yep. And I can't move because there's nowhere left to go. The people that are behind me are up against like the wall, the arena. And we either fall off the side or climb on top of other people. So that Candido bumping into me is pretty much the signal to Candido that we've gone as far as we can. (laughs) So then the two of them just start brawling directly in front of me. So yes, I'm marking out because these two guys are brawling like 15 inches away from me. It's hard not to mark out when a brawl like that happens in front of you. I had, uh, I think this is when Seamus and Cesaro were feuding over the U.S. title a few years ago. Uh, I was at uh, a SmackDown taping in Greensboro, and on main event, when that was still a thing that was live on the network, uh, they had a match that ended up getting counted out directly in front of me. We're both on the WWE network, Tom. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm on there a couple times, and... uh... I made a point to point out the Yankee hat, which. That's but how did I, you yep. notice? Did you notice the shirt I was wearing? Yes, I. I don't know the logo. I was trying to decipher. That it. is a. That is a quality franchise Shane Douglas okay. T-shirt. I knew it had the F on it. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So that 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 was one of the the shirts that i did not mention on the ecw episode that i owned right. so because i was a shane douglas mark because well, why he was you? a shooter brother yeah why wouldn't you be uh what do you got for me this week um so we didn't go into really much detail or any detail to be quite honest about uh a pretty big news event that happened this week. And that was the passing of uh, Bobby, the brain Heenan. Right. Yeah. Shit. We didn't uh, touch on that at all. Yeah. So what happens when we don't do show prep, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Uh, possibly the greatest managerial mind that there was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've just seen him from like nitro, it hasn't even cut into what, the man used to do if you've seen him on nitro forget that go to the network and watch primetime wrestling with him and gorilla immediately um yeah and the thing that people don't realize either is that um and it was starting to get brought up a little bit was how good of a seller bobby heenan was good bobby heenan wrestled as well uh wrestled actually pretty frequently in the AWA before he came to the WWF and became predominantly a manager. He would wrestle every once in a while, usually as a tag team partner of say big John stud and King Kong Bundy or somebody like that. And he'd kind of get brought in and kind of near the end of his active wrestling days, he would do kind of, gimmicky matches i think one of the last times he wrestled he wrestled like the ultimate warrior and like it would cause him to wear like a weasel suit or something like that but i mean like he would take these bumps that like like 
Shawn Michaels like bumps where like he's flying over the top rope and just sell like a madman. Uh, so my match for you, um, and it may not be the greatest match in the world, but uh, WrestleMania four, March 27th, 1988. Okay. Oh, that was like a month after I was born. Uh, <laughs> um, the British Bulldogs of Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid uh, team with the Birdman, Coco Beware. So for those of you keeping score at home, one dog, one bird, <laughs> and three wrestlers. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why uh, that was so funny. And take on Bobby the Brain Heenan, who is actually wrestling in this match, and the tag team of Haku and Tama, the Islanders. Uh, Haku being um, the man later known as Meng or um, I don't know. He was other things, but yeah. Meng. Don't fuck with him. And uh, yeah. Tama being the former Tonga kid who uh, was one of the the Samoan family of thousands or so that have produced <laughs> every Samoan wrestler that you've ever heard of. Except for Smojo. Yeah, because he's from SoCal. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um... Six-man tag team match, and um, yeah, Bobby Heenan's ring attire, a little bit different than, because he would normally wrestle, when he would wrestle, he would normally wrestle in this, like, it's funny, he wrestled in a singlet very similar to uh, Andre's when Heenan managed him, that black singlet with the single strap. (coughs) Sorry about that. Uh, single strap over the shoulder. That's what Heenan used to wrestle in. But his uh, ring attire a little bit different in this match. Okay. Cool. Um, what you got? I have for you the full title defense match from IWA. AJ the Imaginary St- Wrestling Association? Sure. AJ Styles defends the IWA world title against a young up-and-comer. Named CM Punk. Never heard of him. Maybe Phil Brooks? Does that ring a bell? Oh, the MMA guy. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the undefeated MMA artist. AJ Lee's husband. Yeah. Lord. Gotcha. Got his ass kicked. Uh, yeah. Fun little match. I've watched it before and I was like, I don't think I ever gave this to Tom. So wait, this is this is the IWA IWA Mid South, correct? Ian Rotten's promotion. Yeah. Yes. This was and this match happened twelve years ago. So this is the only match in the card that does not involve razor wire and broken glass. <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you could bet it's Punk and AJ. Like it's a good match. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I had heard about these matches. 
I mean, CM Punk was wrestling in the, I mean, that's where he pretty much made a name for himself originally in that Midwest area mm-hmm. with IWA and remember him doing uh, indie shows for my friend's promotion in Wisconsin and stuff like that. So, yeah, Heck I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Cool. Tell the people where they can find me on the Internet, Tom. Go to the Twitter machine. Uh, look for at Mr. Workrate, at MR Workrate. Uh, go to Instagram, where I actually posted my first picture in probably about four months. Wow. Uh, I'm Mr. Workrate there. I'm Mr. Workrate in lots of different places. I mean, it's, you try to stay with the same name. So. Mr. Workrate I mean, in the sheets. In the dirt sheets. Hey. <laughs> hey. I know terminology. <laughs> I'm an insider. <laughs> I'm a smart. It's, it's not a thing you should be proud of. Uh, you could find me on the internet at JCBOBBITT on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere. Finder social media is purveyed. Um, you could find both Tom and I drunk in a parking lot on October 7th. I'm counting down the moments to that. Um, yeah, so uh, as part being part of the Section 328 media empire, uh, I think it is important to mention, of course, the hockey season for the Carolina Hurricanes will be open, and I'm sure many of you that listen to this uh, know about that because you know us or you know Section 328. Uh, we're going to be out before the game, probably start about noon or so, uh, tailgate really kind of kicking off around three or four. Uh, Saturday, October 7th, as the Hurricanes open their season. We'll be out there tailgating. Um, it is a celebration. You as a listener of Teeter's Never Pen are also also welcome to. Uh, because it's kind of a, a celebration of Section 328 as the global media conglomerate it is. And we wouldn't have it without you. So we've got our friends at New Belgium Brewing coming by, uh, providing tasty beverages and games and things for everybody. We have our friends at Donato's Pizza uh providing lots of tasty pizza for you uh so come on by and have fun yeah i mean the whole crew is gonna be there it's gonna be a whole lot of fun but you're really there for for tom and i <clears throat> yeah and I'll, we'll, we'll sign your stuff i'll i'll sign any stuff and you oh. interpret that however you want he he will literally sign your stuff i will if you donate at patreon.com slash section 328 or by using the Patreon button on cheatersneverpin.com. Depends on whether or not he'll use his initials or his actual full given birth name. That's true. I may sign my full given birth name for $20 when you go to cheatersneverpin.com and click the Patreon button. See, I was just making a reference to the size of things but you know oh you, you do whatever you want for the money that you need isn't that what life is about tom the is money's it, for nothing isn't that what wrestling is about tom <laughs> all right let's get all about that pay all about the pay window you gonna take it to the pay window baby all right <laughs> we're getting a little punch drunk now yeah it's after midnight that's <laughs> I think it's the latest we've ever done this show. So, yeah, yeah. thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with our uh, recap of No Mercy. 
We'll maybe, bitch and complain. We'll bitch and complain. No, we won't. It's going to be great. The books say it's going to be great, Tom. Why would the bookies lie? Exactly. Uh, maybe we'll actually touch on Bobby Heaton, too. I might go yeah. through and watch some stuff. <laughs> I totally yeah, well, forgot this, about that. Now I feel like this, a horrible human being. And they, they just recently today uploaded some stuff onto the network. So. Oh, that'd be fun. I we'll watch that. And you, if you're listening to that right now, yeah, go check it. Check that out. Check out some Bobby Heenan. Yes. Uh, so for all of us here, myself and Tom, we hope you have a, a wonderful day, evening, morning, night, wherever you are. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.